Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. If you say yes to a solution, we will clean our streets and sidewalks. And look at our streets today disgusting because of a lack of consequences. If you don't take down your tent, then you have to go through an AA program. And we're not done. Then you have to go to the drug treatment program. And we're not done. If you don't take down your tent, you're gonna go to jail. If you don't take down your tent, you're gonna go to jail. When there's a threat that your freedom will be taken away, some people are going to change their lives. I can tell you, and just taught my amazing team who was on the ground every damn day when they sort buckets of feces and urine. Every damn day. Feces and urine.
let's talk cruelty and evil. Now, I've walked over at least a mile to try to find a bathroom. And here is one. Here is firstjohn.com, uh, 877-JOINT-TO-GO. Our customers go first. But look at what's here for people that have to use the bathroom that are in the house. Look what greets them. Where do they go? There are no hand washing stations. There are no porta potties. And this is an example of evil and cruelty that they disguise. And this is right under the tent here. People always ask or say that what they would do during the civil rights, Holocaust, or any atrocity during history. But the reality is you're doing exactly what the, you would have done in those time periods. That is nothing or being different or be afraid to act or do make changes that would benefit all of humanity, not just a certain select, select amount of humanity. So here is Theo Henderson from Weedian House. We're out here in San Pedro. And I want you to take a very good look at what you would have done during those uh, turbulent times because you're doing it now. Create some bathrooms and some porta potties and hand washing stations. Audio diary. Here we found one abandoned, non-serviceable hand washing station. No water, no soap, no paper. In a pandemic, we're still in a pandemic, and the CDC guidelines applies here, but for some reason, for people that are police officers or city council, the law doesn't apply to them. They are above us. They feel that they are above the law, yet they're supposed to enforce the law, and apparently, they don't. Henderson from Weenie and House. We have just found out that one of the signs that says there's non-smoking is a, quite a distance away. Our, our guest today, Andre, stated that he was arrested and served a year in Chino prison for smoking a cigarette out here. Uh, so we're going to cover it uh, visually as well as talk about this, this way, the sign, and how is someone to know that there's no smoking if there's no signs apparent here on which gets us a long, hilly kind of area. So let's take our trek to this. As you can see, we are near the pier here, as you can see, and you don't see any signs. I don't see any signs that will say anyway. There is a sign that is close by that introduces the park. So you can see here the streets. You can see the bridge. As you can see, and this is very hot, and this is remind you, last couple of weeks ago, we had a very strong heat wave. And there was over nine unhoused and counting that died from heat-related injuries and illnesses due to the, the heat wave and the uh, brush fire aftermath. As you can see, this is San Pedro Landmarks. They talks about the Vincent Thomas Bridge, the USS Iowa, the Municipal Ferry Building, the Ports of Call Village, and they show us some historical things dating back to 1906, which starts with the shoestring strip announced to the city of Los Angeles. So this is called the shoestring strip. In 1915, they connected a harbor 
Boulevard to Outer Harbor. And then from 1919 to 1940, San Pedro between became, a, I guess, a home to the U.S. Navy port or fleet. And it all the way goes up to, to 2012, where the USS Iowa is permanently docked at the port of Los Angeles. So as you can see, there's a lot of history here. Right across the street from this shoestring strip is the San Pedro United States Post Office. And here is a marker, if you will, and it's a memorial, a memorial of the Maritime Industry Memorial. I don't know what this is about. The shelter, this shelter is dedicated to the women of the Maritime Union Industries of Los Angeles Harbor. So also here is the history of the Los Angeles history of San Pedro Plaza Park, which started and was open to the public on July 1st in 1889. They also have the Carnegie Library. In 1966, the Carnegie Library was demolished, so it's not here anymore, but it used to be a spot here. I guess they show this is the landmark of it on this location. So here is where one of the signs is. San Pedro Plaza Park, no smoking, no skateboard, no skating, camping, graffiti, moon bouncer jumpers, no littering, no dogs, no alcohol, no bicycles, no amplified sound, no open flames, no shopping carts, umbrellas, sunshades, or canopies must be open on all sides. All of these items must be removed from park before park is closed. No trespassing during hours of closure park hours, sunrise to sunset. So as you can see, they have a very anti-in-house sentiment here as well, due to knowing that people are suffering and needing a place to, to lodge, So which is why you see the unhoused on the sidewalks. We have over 60,000 and counting of the unhoused community, not counting people that are housed and secure that may be joining the ranks of the unhoused community. So as you can see, the length and distance that it takes for us to find that sign. And if you're just standing and just taking, a, taking your ease and stopping to take a sm cigarette smoke out here in the open air, that he was not in the park. He was standing on the sidewalk. And they sentenced him to a year in Chino prison for smoking his cigarette. Now we talk about prison reform and incarceration and the pipeline to prison high school, the prison pipeline. Here is a very clear point of it. Andre is an indigenous uh, American. He, uh, he has been heavily criminalized, of course, for his status, as well as from being who he is, as you can see very clearly. Many people of color are criminalized and punished due to just the vagaries of white supremacy.
Good morning, this is Theo Henderson from Weedian House, and we are here in San Pedro. And San Pedro has got a very complicated history dealing with the unhoused community. In the background here, where you can see besides the lake and the water, uh, this used to be a halfway house that dealt with uh, uh, unhoused community. Right now, they're using this building, they've thrown out the unhoused, who are in front of the building, but they're using it as a filming studio. One of the residents here in San Pedro, uh, Andre, is going to talk to us a little bit about his experiences of being unhoused and what the challenges it is like to be out here in San Pedro. Uh, just before, uh, FYI, this is the district where Council Member Joe Bascano, who is a former police officer that uh, loves the police so much that he has taken measures to target unhoused people in several different ways aggressively. So without further ado, this is Andre. Hello, Andre. Hello, how you doing? Good morning, good day. Uh, so tell us a little bit about uh, yourself. How did you become unhoused? Um, I was living here. I got here, first of all, um, I've, I've been, uh, been here since like the early 90s. I come from uh, LA, outside of LA. Came down here, and then uh, I had an apartment, and I got evicted. And uh, now I'm out here with uh, my friends and stuff in the public. And we just try to you know, do normal things that everybody else does. Because we all have like uh, illnesses and things like that. How long have you been out here on the streets? Uh, roughly probably like a, a year. And it's like a roller coaster. You have your videos and that. It's like everybody else. So today's weather, and I failed to mention, today's weather is close to 90, uh, was it close to 90 degrees today, uh, yes. upward. Um, how do you guys cope with the heat out here when you're out here on the street? Because some places people can go into air conditions. What do you guys do? How do you cope? Well, we're blessed with uh, these people that come around and drop out water and stuff like that to try to keep us cool, you know. And, and that's a good thing, you know, because... Uh, we're all one people, everybody, people indoors and outdoors. We're all here is the land of free and stuff like that. And I'm very blessed to have people like that around, you know. And the people that live out here, there's reasons that we're out here, but uh, we need to get indoors. And, uh, I try to do my best to maintain the place right here. Uh, I need to do something. How, how hard it is to get back on your feet into an indoors? Is it easy for you to do it? Kind of, you know, everything is a, a waiting list. You know, we, we have we have help here with uh, the community and, and housing and stuff like that. There's indoor housing and stuff like that, but I haven't went there yet. So, uh, I don't really know the name of it, but it's for the homeless people. But you gotta put your name on a list and they should have beds open. Is it a shelter or is it a hotel? A project hotel room key or? Uh, because you said uh, you didn't. There's there, I'm sorry. I don't even want to say. There's there's uh, both. And uh, I guess the one with the hotel is down the street over there, beyond the beyond the building over here. Uh, and uh, it's for people like Oh, okay. Like a senior home. Yes. Yes. There used to be a motel, but they haven't for folks. And then on this corner over here to my right. The brick building, that's another that's a homeless shelter. Oh, really? Yes. And, uh, are, are you uh, for uh, being in a hotel or a shelter? Because some people um, prefer sh uh, hotels than shelters. What's what's your perspective on that? Well, 
Well, yeah, I prefer uh, a hotel better. Oh, why? Because I have my uh, privacy plus the showers right there. You don't have to share them. Because I have a problem sharing them either. It's more comfy than having a home. Right. You know? Like I said, there's a waiting list for them. So I got to wait on that one. What, what I see the city is, uh, has always been pushing for is been pushing for you guys to go to shelters. And many sure. of some of the unhoused, like myself included, have been uh, reluctant to shelters because I've had a lot of things happen. I've had a uh, violence encounter there, uh, the staff, or the, it feels like a prison. Like the one I was in, one of the shelters uh, in the downtown area, they had this very militarized kind of uh, way of living. So um, is this the same here in these shelters or no? Yes, basically it's the same. And they got a curfew. And they all share one refrigerator. Well, you know, people are people. Yeah. I didn't live with nobody. Uh, but uh, it's a good thing, but I just think that uh, they're doing that just to uh, make themselves look good, you know? Because we're still out here in the street, and uh, I'm concerned about the females out here, you know? Why are you concerned about them? What's going on here? Because, first of all, when they have to use the facilities, they have to use the restroom, you know, to respect everybody. I mean, they can go around the corner or a bush or something like that, which is not, it's not a good thing to do. Right. But there's nowhere for a female to go. You know, there's no outhouses out here. There's nothing to wash your hands. You know? COVID-19 is in, in, its, in its height. There's no uh, sanitary. There's no, that's what I noticed, too. Yeah. I don't see any uh, portable po uh, bathrooms. There's no hand washing stations nothing. out here. This is, this is weird. So what happens, let's say, for example, what happens if someone in the unhoused community catch COVID-19? That means... It could spread through the house and house community. Exactly, because we do go. We do go to liquor stores. Yeah, we go to hamburger stands. We do all that stuff. Right. You know, we're not trying to catch that either, sir. But I mean, this is what they give us. You know, and, and, and every uh, every Tuesday, early in the morning, they have us uh, break down our stuff, our tents and everything, and we have to uh, put them in a plastic bag. As in our, our clothing, our, our towels, our, our bedding, our, our eating stuff that we use, our utensils and everything, we have to put them in a trash bag. Our tent, all those things, it's like putting everything in a shopping cart, a little shopping cart. And whatever doesn't fit in there, they keep. Mm. Don't forget we have bicycles and stuff like that too for our transportation. So, and they're always taking and taking and taking and taking and taking from these people. And they got to start all over. You gotta remind them they're homeless. How can they start old? How far do they gotta start? They're homeless. They're at the bottom of the barrel, sir. Yeah. You know, and I, I feel for them. You know, I'm what happens if because I I've been swept too and I lost my ID and my medication things like that? Does does it out here? Does the city reimburse you guys for those kind of things? Yes, we have we have a uh, it's down here Pacific and Ninth Street in San Pedro. Uh, it's uh, uh, Excuse me. What's the name of the? Where uh, I got my mail at? I'm sorry about that. That's all right. Uh, Harbor Interface. Oh, okay. Harbor so they help uh, you get your stuff back when you lose it. Well, they give you vouchers to get an ID and stuff like that. But going to this uh, COVID-19, you got to make an appointment, and, and then you don't get it. You get it like four months from now. You get. You don't get it right away. You get it four yeah. months. Away. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, they put us on. They put us like on. If it was a car, they put us on a bumper. You know, talking respect. And, uh, what if you had, uh, for example, I had a situation where um, they had 
secured me somewhere that I could possibly be. But the problem is I'm not from here. I'm from Chicago. And ever since 9-11, it's very difficult from Chicago, in Chicago to get your ID and things like that. Now added on COVID-19, there's nobody in these buildings for me to get my birth certificate in order for me to get my social security card. It's not like here in California, you maybe can wrangle or talk with somebody, but another city has their own rules and their own policies. And you can't, if you're out of state, it's, it's, it's just what it is. So, and like right now, like you're saying for four months, what if you have like, for example, someone comes and say, hey, Andre, we got housing for you. Uh, what we need is your ID, your social security, and they don't, and you don't have that. And you say, can you come, can you wait for four months? They said, no, it's today. What would happen to that? Then that was an opportunity, you know, it's gone, you know. And not just that, uh, you gotta be uh, reminded that, that they patrol here too. The, the, the LAPD patrols right here, and they come by all the time, and they always ask us if they talk to us, send our IDs to them. You don't have to, that's against the law. You don't, unless you are wanted by this, the, 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 uh, the police, you don't have to give them your ID, but see, this is, again, why when people are saying defund the police and you have the bootlickers uh, are, are running to their defense and saying unhoused people, all of them are criminals, this is the kind of illegality that they do. And there's no consequences because Joe Boscano, he's the police, a former police officer and a bootlicker himself to LAPD, they can do no wrong and he's not holding them accountable. So, uh, uh, so what happens? If, let's say, for example, I'm housed and I don't like unhoused people and I start a fight or call the police on you, do you get any of those kind of situations? Yes, all the time. You know, we gotta be careful because we're right here on the curb. And stuff. Right, right, right. Uh, uh, if I may say it, a couple of weeks ago, a car pulled up right here yeah. to talk to somebody, you know, I didn't even know who it was. Right. And I, I was feeling something, and the next thing you know, the person backed up right by my tent and turned and, and, and tried to turn this way and it ran into a person who was visiting his car. Oh my God. I mean, they got out the car and they started calling mayhem and everything. So I, my, my whole point of this, what I'm saying is that I'm concerned about people going out here and, and or a car chase or something, mm -hmm. you know, and a car running into us. Yeah. You know, and I got the Albert and ladies right here too. Yeah, you know? yeah. Me, I have and You said a couple of, I noticed a couple of elderly people there too. They can't move fast yes. enough in time. Yes, 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 yes. I'm on disability and stuff like that. I, I can go indoors, you know, uh, uh, but I don't because you need somebody here to watch over, you know, to be aware of all this nonsense. And you're more mobile, even though you're disabled, you're more mobile yes. to help the elderly out here in the community because, again, let's be clear, the unhoused is a community. We do look after each other just like the uh, the, uh, the house people who create these business improvement districts and homeowners associations. We have our own homeowner association. We look after each other from against, let's, let's face it, from the homeowners that are basically not really sympathetic to the unhoused community. Um, so we have, we, we've established that the police come out here to, to target you guys, that you guys got to put in in a garbage, uh, garbage bag. What if, like- Every Tuesday. Every Tuesday, he says. Uh, do they come early in the morning or middle? Yes. What time? Uh, between six and eight o'clock in the morning. How long do those uh, sweeps last? Supposedly they put signs up. They say it probably until five in the evening. And we gotta be gone. And stuff like that. So we're lugging our whole life, life, everything that we own. We're lugging it everywhere. 
did you know that there has been a ruling by the judge that there are not to take your bulky items and things like that and but they're still breaking the law they for example the judge handed down recently uh, because the city has been breaking the law and they held the city in contempt from doing that um, there's been uh, documented footage of the city running around taking people's belongings they needed essential things and throwing them in the trash even knowing that they have been ruled that they were not supposed to do that now i want to ask you a question let's say for example if you had given that to a house person would you go to jail would you be facing legal replications or, or would you get the same support like the police uh no i'll probably go to jail i'll probably go to jail uh they, and they they'll do a sweep mm -hmm. Uh, for warrants and stuff like that. And see, what happens is that they gave me a ticket one time, they said for uh, smoking a cigarette right here. And they gave me Wait, 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 wait. This is outside. There's no, I mean, you, you can't smoke a cigarette out here? They don't see the sign? Where? See, I don't... Way, way, way over there. Way, you can't even, way where it starts, the street starts. No. Facing that way. Well, that's where the sign's at, sir. Why, what? Oh, that's just crazy. Yeah, see, because when the ships come in, the ships coming, yeah. they need to clear the streets. Mm -hmm. So they give us these tickets then thinking, well, they're not going to pay for it, so it's going to turn into a warrant. So now uh, they get the order to clean this off the streets, so now they're going to see who has warrants. You know, you know, it's a little petty one, nothing, you know? Mm -hmm. So we're off for three or four days. We're out of here. We're in jail, so when we come back, we have nothing left. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And see, when you hit, see, this is the kind of stories that we need to have the mainstream public understand and be educated on. This is the reality, despite what the city and the mayor and them keep lying to you about, this is the reality for people that have different experiences, but they have a similarity in common. They do this everywhere. Go right, ahead. right, yes. Uh, they, see, what happened, they gave my friend a, a ticket just because he was standing next to a uh, shopping cart. Mm -hmm. Standing next to him? Yeah, they arrested him for that. Why? Well, it's not against the law to stand next to a shopping cart. Oh, in their book it is. So you mean to tell me because you just happen to be... Well, that don't even make any sense. It doesn't have to be your shopping cart. You could just be walking, waiting to the street cross and minding your business and they just pull up and say you're under arrest or you're standing next to a shopping cart? Yes. They, they arrested me. They said I stole somebody's cigarette. They gave me a year. A year? I did a year. A year for a cigarette? Yeah. They said I stole somebody's cigarette and I had two packs in my pocket. Oh my... That... Honest. I, I can't believe it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 yeah, for a I, I, I don't even know what to say about that. I, I don't even. That, that's well, so crazy. They, 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 they need. They try. They're trying to make this look nice, mm -hmm. you know. And they're gonna do anything to get us out of here, you know. But they're doing it all wrong. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they got to take people, not just throw them in a, in a dungeon and arrest them. And, that's not going to help them out. You're not going to arrest your way out of uh, uh, houselessness. You're not going to arrest your way out of people that have substance usage and mental health issues. It's just not going to happen. It just costs them more money that we could have been using to build a sustainable community, but yet we keep make, giving more money to police officers to do the same illegal stuff. And then there's no kind of accountability among the city, the police, or, or, or anybody. We just basically give them free reign until we... Uh, until it happens to us. So, um, is there anything else would you like to uh, the audience to know? Because I, I'm still, I'm still reeling and stunned about the fact that you served a year for a cigarette. I mean, come on, that's just yes, Chino prison. Ch Chino prison. Yes. I was amazed. 
no, uh, oh, other than that, is that right here, this, 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 this is, in history, this is the second, back in the days, this is the second most violent street in America, mm -hmm. Beacon Street, right here. You look that up, you look that up in the, uh, why is it so violent? You say violent? The most second, second most violent second. in the United States of America. Oh, why? It's in the Guinness Book of World Records. Oh my goodness! Back in the days. Oh, or in the earlier times, not now, because this so, seems very so quiet. So why are they still treating us like that? I don't see no violence. And most of the violence wasn't with the in-house community anyway. It's mostly with housed people. But again, people attach criminality with unhoused houselessness um, as the easy panacea to be able to uh, justify these kind of crazy responses like penalizing someone for a year with smoking a cigarette arresting right. someone for standing near a, gar uh, a a shopping cart that's not even his right. so that's just it's just sad and this is a, a, a statement on how we are blaming and shaming society yeah like, like my brother right here was saying how, how this person gonna rise up yeah and have confidence to dust himself off and get a job when they're always going like this yes bringing them down can't do that because we're going brother up, not down. Yeah. You know? I, I think that's a well a well put. Yeah. Uh, this We are a finger-wagging society. We love to finger-wag and we love to blame and shame. And as, this is a clear example. This is Theo Henderson from Weedy and House. I hope we learned something here in this episode, and I hope we again meet in the light of understanding. Unhoused News. Today, November 24, 2020, the city will be voting for 4118, the amended version. The original version of 4118 was shut down by the court and the legal system after activists fighting against the cruel and unusual punishment that 4118 brings to the unhoused community. Not to be outdone, and in ever a zealous zeal, to uh, undo that kind of judgment, the city has created 4118 Amended. And in that, they're trying to find loopholes to create an illusion that they are caring for the unhoused, but they are also offering criminalization. After numerous protests and backlash from the citizens of Los Angeles and educating people that are not familiar with 4118, along with further explanation from Weedy Unhoused's first animated short, you will find that Nuri uh, Martinez, as well as Curran Price, Joe Pascano, Paul Koresh, John Lee, Gil Cedillo, Curran Price, are the primary proponents for this ordinance. Uh, vague to do for all intents and purposes. They are unmoved by the, uh, the sentiment and they seem to be moving forward to voting for 4118. The city of Reno has approved this first super shelter for the unhoused this winter season. The first super shelter will meet the needs of COVID-19 as well as be providing services for the unhoused in Reno. In New York, the ongoing NIMBY case against the unhoused has hit a snag. The judge ruled in feeding New York that the NIMBY organization that got together to provide a, a lawyer and funds for them to terrorize the unhoused had been told 
that they are to leave them alone. They are not to interfere with their right to shelter in place at the hotel. Philadelphia provides vacant houses to 60 unhoused sheltered residents. And finally, Pine Street Lindia Downey has stated to uh, the listeners that the stereotypes against the unhoused is prohibiting change and helping the unhoused. She states, if we can't get behind the stigma that the unhoused are not lesser than us, that they are human beings, then we will never provide effective change. This is Theo Henderson from Media Unhoused, and this is Unhoused News. We're here on 900 Street Beacon, and we are looking at another sign that the city re resists and defies against the court order. Again, it reminds me of the sheriff, Villanova. His belief, he believes he's above the law. And here is an example of that. They are openly flaunting, like George Wallace, what their viewpoint on uh, criminalizing the in-house. And here is an example of that. More to follow. As you can see, they're parked in front of the encampment here with the flashing light. And they were ordered to remove these signs or cover these signs by the court order. And they were supposed to bring up a notice about the bulky items request. As you can see to date, they do not. They deliberately use this to weaponize against the unhoused who may not be aware of the court ruling. And they're going to take advantage of the color of their authority to intimidate and harass the unhoused. So let's walk further down and observe why they're parked right in front of the encampment. We're still here in San Pedro, and we are looking at through the, the walk we had, which is pretty long and circular. And I noticed something, not mentioning the signs, but also I noticed something. There are no hand washing stations, and we are in the grip of COVID-19. We are in, today is, uh, what was it, September 30th? And COVID-19, we had shelter in place from March, and this was ample time but all over the city. You showed we have bathrooms for the unhoused community. We have hand washing stations that are replenished. And that nowhere here where the cop loving Joe Boscano, as well as uh, uh, Mayor Garcetti's office is nearby, there's no bathrooms nowhere. There are no hand washing stations nowhere. That begs the question, do they believe that once you become unhoused, that you don't have to go to the bathroom anymore. That is the question. And if where they have to go to the bathroom, where do they go to the bathroom? And how far does it take them to go? And what happens if I can't help but remember when I had a difficulty when I was on a walker and I injured my leg, where would I be able to go in time to go to the bathroom? Particularly if you take medication that requires you to have, make frequent trips to the restroom. This is Theo Henderson from Weedy Unhoused. I'm learning that there's a lot of illegality, a lot of cruelty, and deliberate uh, uh, defiance of the law here by supposedly LAPD and L former LAPD, Joe Buscagna. Theo Henderson from Woody and House again.
there is always more to follow. Let's meet again in the light of understanding. So this section of the diary discusses how the city gets away with anything, but this is a very huge landmark decision that has been in the history of Los Angeles and really addressing the criminality of Los Angeles, as well as the legal, the city council and the police officers that people have such a bootlicking admiration for. The, the police are not without fault. They are continually, many times, the aggressor in a lot of the criminality that they use the color of their authority to get away with. Case in point, there uh, was a major lawsuit filed to hold the, the city in contempt of court because they uh, failed to follow the ruling the judge offered and they were found in contempt and they were ordered to do certain things. So this is the special enforcement cleaning zone. This was ordered by the judge. The city of Los Angeles be conducting enhanced cleaning and trash removal in compliance with relevant laws in this zone. No tents should be erected between 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. So this is a pre previous episode we talked about. This is an example of the special enforcement zone sign. No blocking of the sidewalk, exits, entrances, driveways, or loading docks. Was your property called uh, impounded? And there's the numbers, and there's the where you retrieve your bin. All the way from San Pedro, you always have to go all the way downtown on public transportation to retrieve if you can. But effective 7, August 7, 2020, the above conditions will apply throughout the posted zone. Health hazard, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. No shark, no biohazard, no trash, no explosive materials. Comprehensive street cleaning every Tuesday between 8 a.m. and 3 p.m. You see how they're getting, trying to get out of it. During comprehensive cleaning, no one will be allowed to remain on the sidewalk. Zone boundaries. But they don't show where the ruling is that they're supposed to do where they're not to be talking about the 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 uh, bulky items. So this was deliberately put up here to also, con uh, they tentatively are following the rules, but they're not following exactly the order. The order is says very clearly about bulky items. So they didn't put this up here yet. So what street is this? Beacon Strip 700 South Street. This is Theo Henderson from Weedy and Howes. We have a special treat here today. We have a musician and a resident and house neighbor here, and we're gonna introduce before he plays. What's your name, sir? Uh, well, my artist's name would be Philosophical Beast Houdini. Ah, uh, uh, very well. My name well. is Phil, and, and <laughs> they call me Houdini, and I'd be a beast. How long have you been playing? Uh, um, most of my life, actually. Uh, I started off when I was really, really young. I started off, I did the piano for three years, and my piano teacher, she had a violin, and she told me, she had, and she told me not to touch the thing. Mm -hmm. So being a little kid, I, I had to. The first chance I got, I picked it up and I just started playing it. And uh, I self-taught myself for about the first three to four months. And then after that, I started taking lessons and I did orchestra in school. And this is well, my girl, my future wife, Jess. Nice to meet you, ma'am. Nice to meet you. 
Uh, so here is, you're gonna give us something and I would like uh, to be surprised. So show us uh, some of your talent. Without further ado, philosophical beast, Phil, take us away. This is a piece, and it's called uh, Born to the Streets. Uh, it's a piece I created. Cool. Thank you very much. So, as you can say, we in the Unhoused, uh, we highlight the stories of all of our uh, brothers and sisters all around, um, from San Pedro, Hollywood, San Luis Obispo, San Barbara, it doesn't matter. And you can uh, understand that we just don't look out on the street and say, well, we're gonna be unhoused on the street. Life happens to us. And we also don't forget our humanity and who we are from this. So, how? tell us your story, uh, Bill. What, how did you become unhoused? Uh, uh, can you do me a favor? Hold on. Basically, a little bit about my my life is just like I was actually born to the streets. That's why I, I named that piece "Born to the Streets." Mm -hmm. I was born uh, I was born in a car here out in Long Beach, and uh, my mom and dad were on the streets when I was born. And basically, uh, my dad my mom and dad split when I was two. My dad went to prison when I was four. Uh, he was just trying he, he was just trying to take care of his kids though. That's what put him in prison. But. Uh, um, and then basically I went to my grandma's at 13. I went to my grandma's from 4 to 13 and my grandma kicked me out at 13 and I've been on off the streets ever since. 
Like How did you survive at 13 years old on the streets? Let's let's uh, talk about that because I'm just curious. You know, it's tough for adults. How was a 13 year old survive? What did you do uh, at 13 to do, to well, survive? Basically, because of like you take care of everything when you're a little kid, and because of the first four years of my life was the streets, and like, it came sort of naturally. Uh, you know, I got myself a tent, and found a place to sleep with the tent, and got myself blankets and stuff, and then I would go from there to basically you know to, to be able to feed myself and shit like that. For, you know, how, well, I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, is, uh, how did you go to school? Uh, I, I put myself in school still. Right. Nobody knew, nobody knew at school that I was on the streets. No, wow. Uh, That's impressive. No, no teachers or anything? No. Well, I mean, I had teachers, yeah, of course. Yeah. But none of the teachers, none of the students, none of them knew I went, that I was on the streets the whole time. Uh, I have no clue. I dropped out that much. Oh, okay. So um, after you, you dropped out, what? how old were you when you dropped out? Uh, Oh, you, you, uh, 10, okay. you, uh, yeah, they don't have I to go back. Yeah, uh, like 15 to 16, maybe. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I what was, was the I first was thing? just a little bit older so, than that because I got, I got held back. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, this is understandable because of the get, challenges. You know. I don't know how you get held back in preschool. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. So, um, so, what is the, the, the challenges of being on the street uh, that you see? Oh, yeah. The, uh, challenges? Uh, what did you notice that was pretty mainly, tough? Mainly, okay, uh, places to take showers. Uh, Which brings the question, I, I have to jump in, because I've been trying to find a bathroom. Where in the hell do you be finding a bathroom? Because we, can, we don't have to go any. downhill. You gotta go downhill. You gotta go downhill if you go through. Uh, you How many that, miles is that? You know that, that little uh, like dirt part? I, I, I'm not from here. So. Okay, <laughs> it's right by the port over there. Oh, okay. okay. There's this little tiny, like, uh, what do you call that? Like, tackle bait? restaurant type of thing yeah yeah it's, it's and they got a bathroom right there but i i saw that you know and, and i just wanted to point this out because a lot of people don't know and i'm going to say this one particularly due to covid 19 unhoused residents are supposed to have bathrooms out here that's they, been they mandated should, should bring porter bodies yes that's what we were supposed to have you're they supposed to have them at every these, every uh, at most of the majority of the spots there are none they, they've got these little, uh, um, like, it's to wash your hands. And they don't even work. They I just, don't work. They yeah, I no just water. found that out. I mean, and they're supposed to do this. It's, it's just, not it's like it's just going out of this, you know, the kind of the make, To make it look like they're doing Yeah, and not only that, it's, it's even worse. There's a porter party down there, but it's locked for the construction people. And then, two, here's another thing that they, they haven't told you. Last, uh, the city has been sued, and they're supposed to not, when they do sweeps, to take your bulky items. But this is the thing. They've been doing it anyway, and they were held in contempt. They're supposed to have signs that saying, in essence, uh, my, mea culpa, or I'm sorry, we're not supposed to do that. We, we won't do that anymore. But they don't have it in here. And this, this, I don't even see any of them. No. So that's no, messed up. That, that is pretty messed up. So uh, so they're taking people's things, and they're not even knowing at, it. At 13, basically, I, I, went, I basically did it. I was started off with basically in illegal hustles. Right, right. Uh, to make my money right. and to, to take care of myself and stuff. But you were underage because, you know, I couldn't, it couldn't, couldn't work. At, at right. that time, I couldn't get a job. Right, right. You know, for me, that, at 13. Uh, and eventually, uh, I, I found this, and this became my living, and that's when I stopped all of that. And it's, it's, it's been my, my goal, my dream for quite a, quite a few years, almost about 15 years now. How much does a violin cost? Uh, it depends. It all depends. If you get a really, like, Old one. If, if, if you have an, uh, an antique that's mm -hmm. over 100 years old violin, it's gonna be worth some money. Mm -hmm. you know? like, or if you have a Sagittarius, it's gonna be worth some. Well, the, a reasonable. 
can't even say the word right now. What is it? Uh, Stradivarius. 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 Yeah. I said Sagittarius. <laughs> Stradivarius, right. But anyway, Sag- you know, that, that right there, that's going to be worth some money. But otherwise, you can find them on Wish, let it go, offer up for like 30, 60 bucks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that's that's something, that's an investment because um, I can see, because the talent you have, I think, you know, you're making me do, if I can, if you don't mind, I noticed you got some tape there. Yes, and spring, yes. And I, I, very, I know a little bit of musical understanding very, that you got to have uh, some very well-tuned things. So I wish that I had a bow that would, would sound so much better, but it doesn't. But, you know, basically I'm, I'm turning this right here into a mobile recording studio. Mm-hmm. And that's, for me, that's my next level of what I need to do to move on with my music life. Because, uh, again, what I'm going to be doing is violin dubstep rap, and there isn't a single artist out there that does violin dubstep rap solely. Mm-hmm. So I'd be the first. And basically, violin's my minion. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that'd, that'd be my minion. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> so, um, how do you guys meet? Because you guys, you guys are loyal, uh, a loyal uh, uh, communication here. Hold on. Give you good us a minute. There's like uh, a heavy police presence. Are they going near the unha- encampments? No, they just drove away. Oh, why wow, they got the lights uh, flashing? Cause no, they- down there. Cause I was noticing. I'm like, I know they're not about to bother the unhoused. <laughs> we can get that late. Down here. Yeah, well, that's- I was gonna say they were gonna stop, and I was gonna walk over there. Yeah, yeah. Doing. Not, no, they 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 see the camera. They're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're not, they, <laughs> exactly. But the other guy, he was peeping out and looked, and Herman drove off. Right. So, uh, let's uh, let's see, let's let's talk about you guys. How did you guys? Meet? Uh, uh, I was actually on my way to the beach that morning, and she was, I think she was about to go jog at the beach, and she was right at the, there, but at that corner over there. And uh, so I just said, hi, how you, uh, you know, like, what you doing? You know, right? So what was your thought for yeah. when you met her? Uh, surprised at first, but then we just started talking and then... Yeah, and like, I, I basically you know, asked if she wanted to kick it, kick it at the beach. I could play, play my violin and stuff. And, you know. and he did. Good move. <laughs> <laughs> Show your talent and skills. Yes, yes, I understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just taking notes. <laughs> It's too late for me to violin it, to do a violin, but yeah. I, I usually, when I was single, I, I kicked it with a lot, a lot of women I did. I kicked yeah. it with, you know, a lot, a lot of women. She's the only one who showed me any different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most, most of them. Cool. And I, I fell for her almost right away. So how long have you been out here? Um, for a while. For a while? Yeah. How did you, How did you become out here? Because you guys, uh, I guess you could say, you know, have made it a, a very, a very, uh, a, a way to survive, which is, you know, and you guys, have each other which is great because it's very difficult out here I, and you know being single I can attest <laughs> so how, how, how long uh, how, what why did you how did you get out here before you met him um, just a couple of situations happened like I just um, then COVID happened oh and then oh yeah oh yeah I kind of just landed like, um, I lost my my work and then what did you do as work? Because you know a lot of people out here had, were working or hell were living in their cars before that, and now the jobs are gone and they are on the streets. What did you do before? You can say. Um, I just did some. Oh, okay. Really? Oh, that's cool. That's what you know. I understand. You know, um, we're still getting to know each other. That's fine. It's never. We very very have a very strong connection with you. Yes, it's obvious of that. So, uh, so uh, 
he liked helping people and he liked yes. uh, pre creating art to to better the world so that's a good connection so uh what into things is uh have you guys faced any type of a brutal or uh, sweep story? Have you had any police interruption? Um, we've, I've actually been really, really lucky just because if I got the RV, so I'm able to put everything inside my uh, RV. I see. So but, I don't have to worry about it. But some places no, but, like uh, Chatsworth, like they don't allow those. Here, a lot of times, basically, if people are woke up late or stuff like that, I try to help out and let them keep some of the, the stuff that they can't bring it down to the bottom of the hill to, to keep it in there. It, which somewhat caused me problems too, but sometimes, but... What problems did it cause? Uh, well, basically having everybody's stuff up here. Oh, yeah. My, my RV doesn't lock. Oh, okay. And there was, there was a couple of people who were staying here before that were stealing stuff. And, okay, okay. Yeah, which I had to go through everybody's stuff to, to make sure that nobody else's stuff is missing. But, you know, it's, right now it's been bad with that just because of the, 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 those, that certain group sort of just took off. Mm -hmm. but, but, yeah. Okay. So um, you got a, a fortunate, uh, fortunate skill that you one you have a talent with the uh, violin. Two, you got a spot to hear. Um, what's because you have been here since you were 13 years old. Uh, Long Beach, uh, yeah. San Pedro. I've been. Uh, I was born and raised in Long Beach, but mm -hmm. San Pedro. Basically, I've been coming in and out of San Pedro for a while because I've been for a while. I've been playing with my, my violin for almost I would say in order between 10. 11, 12, 13 years, mm -hmm. all around Orange County, L.A. County, Long Beach, San Pedro, all over. But uh, basically, I went out to Kansas for a minute there. I was out there for like eight, nine months, mm -hmm. just recently. And then uh, my mom, I came back to Long Beach, expecting to stay out in Long Beach, but my mom's had moved here to San Pedro. Oh, so yeah. I decided to come out here to, to, to be able to visit my mom and shit. But, yeah, and I, I like San Pedro, I do. It's, 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 it's beautiful. Yes, it's, definitely. You can yeah. see the... The beauty. I like the people just a little bit better than people I love. Ah, <laughs> really? Oh, that's cool. Let's, I have keep hearing it. What should say that the mascot out there is the Long Beach Dirtbags? Oh, I have no dog not in this fight. Not all the people, but some of the people. And that's the thing about it is, I do got love for my city. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that's just the LBC big and blasting. Oh, I see. You got your your sign there. Yeah, so it's it's, it's definitely it's a lovely relationship, though. I love, love the city. Just not so much the people, most of them. But I understand. So that's because uh, for a long time, though, I could took care of the homeless group out there. Yeah, mainly, yeah. It's the mainly it's the homeless out there that are uh, a different type of breed. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> um, on that note, we can should ask uh, because... And he's going to take us out with some beautiful music. So hit it. Okay, so this, this piece, uh, I just got credited it actually just up there to go or within a few, few days mm -hmm. and that's it's from my, my love here oh okay and well that's so even better it's, yeah it's, so it's called just so you know okay so hit it
all right. Thank you again. Uh, in a way, uh, basically, we're just getting me out there a little bit more. Yeah. My dream for my violin music and everything was, I want basically violin dubstep rap is what I want to do. And when I get to that stage, and I get, because I know I'm going to, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's another person who's looking kind of different. Like I know, and I see it. I see it. And I like it. And, uh, the, the money, the, like, I don't, to me, it's too, I don't care about money. Yeah, it, oh, it comes, it goes. There's, there's, it, it's oh. gonna come. It's gonna come, you know. And there's always a way to make money. Yeah. It, it, it just depends on what you're willing to do and how fast you want it and you know how much, you know. But uh, the thing is, that basically, the money I want to use to basically do something for to help build other people up. Because there's not, not, not enough people in the world these days are doing that. It's, it's nobody's. It seems like everybody's trying to tear each other down and, and not build each other up. And when, when if you, we just build each other up, oh. just, everything would be better. So I wanted to help. To find some way to build some people out there. Okay. And I have, mm -hmm. I've, along my journey in life, I've come across lots of homeless people, lots, lots of that. I have basically positions in what I would call my building an empire now. In my music life, I have, I, where as soon as I get to that point, I, I can bring them up with me. Thank you very much. I'm doing the same thing. I do believe in that same thing. Thank you all. This is Theo Henderson from Weedian House. And I hope we all have learned something and we again meet in the light of understanding. shelters that are supposedly uh, has a sign here that says no trespassing, no loitering, forbidden by law up to a thousand dollar fine or six months in prison or both California penal code sections. I don't know, it's the 552 through 558, to So we here, we have a little bit of the history here and I'm going to uh, talk to one of the newspaper uh, journalists and uh, creators uh, to get his perspective on what's been going on here. So what's going on? Hi, um, my name is Chris Venn and I'm part of Services Not Sweeps. We have an organization in San Pedro called San Pedro Neighbors for Peace and Justice, which is, uh, we've been monitoring the, uh, the comprehensive cleanup, which happens every week. So this is a county facility, and Theo wanted me to mention some, some of the history. It was uh, opened uh, just three months ago, and it, the the building used to be a county health facility, and it had been vacant and unused for at least five years. <clears throat> and uh, Janice Hahn, a member of the uh, Board of Supervisors, and the Board of Supervisors saw this empty building, understood the crisis of, of uh, housing, and it took them three and a half months to open it up, a very, very short time. And I believe it houses 47 people. Uh, and um, so it's, it's an important resource for the community. My understanding too is from um, the uh, Andre and some of the other individuals 
that it's very hostile here because of the staff are not necessarily uh, sensitive to the needs of the unhoused community. Is, do you have any perspective on that? We've a number of uh, residents of the uh, unhoused residents of the community have talked about staying here and just uh, commented that they were unable to because of kind of uninformed uh, actions of the staff and it just made them very uncomfortable dealing with the lack of conflict resolution. That's very well put, exactly. And for the ones that always ask why they, they don't want help, do you think that that contributes to why people are reluctant to go to shelters? Absolutely. Uh, there's a bridge home shelter uh, on uh, 1510 North Beacon, so about 10 blocks uh, south of us, and uh, north of us. And uh, individuals have commented that at this bridge home shelter in San Pedro, and I imagine at others as well, you have to be at the shelter at 7 p.m. every night. And that's, uh, individuals in the community have said, it's almost like being in prison. I have a personal question, if you don't mind. Um, let's say, for example, through unfortunate circumstances and that you would find yourself houseless. Would you be eager to go to these places? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> Why not? Uh, well, um, from, from uh, our experience, uh, Hillary and I and Stephanie, which we, we are here for the comprehensive cleanups, is that, I mean, there are, there are problems, but this is, this community is a very cohesive, supportive community where people look out for each other and, and kind of keep an eye on each other's tents and, and socialize and, and share stories uh, and resources. So um, I hope I never have to experience the situation of being unhoused. Thank you very much for your time. This is Theo Henderson from We In House. We're just on a just an expose tour to see just what the reality is, despite what the city hall has been painting the picture to well-heeled or moneyed people, or the ones that have a disdain for the unhoused. Um, we need to show the truth of the reality of this. Again, it was just almost 97 degrees, and there's not a bathroom in sight, and there's nowhere where I can wash my hands, or there's nowhere for me. If that's nowhere for me, imagine what it is like for the unhoused for the fall. Good evening. This week has been very tumultuous. It's been filled with trepidation, anger, outrage, and education. San Pedro is just a small sliver of what is going on in Los Angeles, California. Joe Piscano's district offers a hostility that he tries to infect with the rest of the city by trying to push through the city council 4118. And 4118 is one of the most uh, horrible written pieces to justify criminalizing uh, vulnerable people while they're already in a, in a, in a frantic and a stressful state. If you are dissatisfied with 4118 and appalled as we are, you're to call your council members November 24 and make it known that you are against this horrific Holocaust type practice. This is Theo Henderson for Weedy and House. 
And I am trying to think of a quote that will be able to bring us together. So I will leave you with this thought. Sometimes when we meet in the light of understanding, we have walls that are put up by ignorance and fear. Let us not take the example of our city council members and allow that to continue. Let us meet in the light of understanding with the hope that we understand each other and we work together to get this issue being unhoused and houseless solved in our lifetime. Let's leave the world a better place. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. 
Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.